I'm going to continue something that I, I did last week. Things to remember. Remember, I, I shouldn't ask this, but possibly should. You remember what we talked about last week? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Things to remember. We talked about one of the attributes of God. That was two or three weeks ago. Omnipotence. All-powerful. <clears throat> but you remember two or three weeks ago. That's awesome. I'll take it. I'll take that as an as a affirmation. How's that? I'll affirm myself if I have to. I'd rather, I'd rather have somebody else do it. Um, I'll just give you a praise report. I talked to Tremaine. And, you know, her parents live on the Virgin Islands. And uh, they're great. Their, their house made it through the storm, grandmother. Uh, but I just feel so bad for the people in Puerto Rico. Uh, they took a massive hit from this hurricane. And, uh, you know, I, a, a couple of Sundays ago, I, I talked about earthquakes and things. And it just seems like there's a lot going on that's odd, that's strange, and, you know, I don't know, I, I've, I see people saying something about September the 23rd, about Jesus is coming back, <clears throat> um, almost reminded me of 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in September, what is September, I guess that's one of the feast months, for Jewish feast, I don't know, 88 reasons why Jesus was going to come in 88, so how about that? I doubt that that book is highly valued at this point. Guy was an aeronautical engineer, I think, that he figured it out. <clears throat> he figured it out. There's a lot of people figured it out. And so, you know, it'd be something if he came on the 22nd. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> All those people who set those dates, I was like, what if he just like... Well, news break. <laughs> You're not going to get the last 24 hours you thought you were going to get. Uh, I want to take you to um, a passage in Daniel I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 2. Uh, I, I'm, I'm talking tonight things to remember about the character and nature of God. And tonight is going to be the wisdom of God. He said, well, isn't that the omniscience? No, that's God knowing all things. We're talking about his wisdom. And maybe as we go there, how would you describe the wisdom of God? Or how about just giving us a definition of wisdom? Or how would you define the wisdom of God is like, you know, Taking all he knows and putting in the, uh, activating out of his wisdom. <clears throat> sure. And it kind of goes back to the gifts of the Holy Spirit where you have a word of wisdom, you have a word of knowledge mentioned in that. And so uh, I, think that, I think that applies to the difference in those two. One is uh, giving 
uh, something that no one knows, but a wisdom is taking what you know and how to use what you know, how to make a good decision. You know, I, uh, there's, a, there's a personal aspect to this because, uh, you know, I, I tend to look at some things people do and, and I, I say out loud, that wasn't a smart move, that wasn't a wise move. And uh, I said it many times at the Grand Canyon, many, many times. You know, Brendan said, look how close they are to the edge. I said, I don't want to look. That's not, that's, that's not smart. They're not wise. It's not, you know, they may know that it's like 800 feet down, and they may know that's the edge, but they're not being smart about it because they're right there at the edge. Some of them are acting like there's going to, there's like, there's like death. It's like, wow. I couldn't look at them. I said, that's not wise. It's not a wise move. It's, they, they may know what they're doing, but it, they're not very wise in how they are acting that knowledge out you know, for a picture. I don't want to see anybody on the news. When we're talking about the wisdom of God, we're not talking about his omniscience. We're talking about how he plans things, how he designs things. The Hebrew word that we're going to look at is kakmah. It's almost, it's one of those words where it sounds like you're clearing your throat. I, I should be able to speak really good Hebrew. Kakmah, you know, kakmah. Uh, a, lot, a lot of good kakmah. I kind of like that, kakmah. But it's found 145 times in the Old Testament. 145 times. What book do you think it's found the most in? Proverbs, 41 times. I doubt if anybody's going to get what book has the next number. But you can take a stab at it. Old Testament. It's, it's a Hebrew word. It's that many times in, 41 times out of 145 is in Proverbs, and rightly so. But the, the next one, I think it has 25 times which was surprising to me because I didn't look at that book as a book of wisdom. Anybody want to tell you? Psalms? No. I will tell you, Job is number three at 18. And we're going we're gonna, to um, go to Job tonight later on. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, 25 times the word is found in Ecclesiastes. Uh, but the passage in Daniel, I want to read, incorporates uh, wisdom, the wisdom of God and how it works in people's lives. Um, and Daniel's readiness to need God, to uh, call upon him. Um, let me mention verse uh, 25 in Jude, the last part of Jude. He says this, To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. So, he, you know, he closes out this great praise, but he, he describes God as the only wise God. Um, Tozier wrote, The idea of God is infinitely wise is at the root of all truth. And he goes on to say that the wisdom of God is always within a connotation of, of a moral statement, of, um, 
you know, it, it, has, a, it has an application to morality. Um, and when we look at Daniel, and what we're going to look at is chapter 2, Daniel's found himself in a very awkward situation because as a person being trained for high-level activity in the kingdom of Babylon, um, he's part of what is considered the intellectuals, the the smart guys, the tech guys. And uh, you know the story. The the king had a, a dream, and he, you know, wanted people to tell him what the dream meant, but he added this unreasonable requirement and you have to tell me the dream too. You know, so he got frustrated and he's going to clear the academy of everybody, kill all the people, kill all the smart guys. We're going to start over. And when uh, Daniel got that message, he delayed. He says, well, wait a minute. Give us time. Let us, let us appeal to God. And uh, in chapter 2, it says, during the night, God shows Daniel in a vision what the dream is. And what the interpretation. And this is Daniel's response in verse 20. Watch this. Praise be to the name of God. This is Daniel 2.20 if you're looking. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. Daniel viewed what he got that night came out of the power of God and the wisdom of God. And he said he changes times and seasons He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And and really what Daniel had happen is what James told us to do. If any of you lack wisdom, ask of God and God gives you out of his wisdom. And Daniel was like that. God, you have to help us. And he's praising him. He says, you give wisdom to the wise, knowledge to discern. In other words, people who want to know, people who desire to know, people who want a better understanding and appeal to God. He says he does that. He gives wisdom to those who are wise enough to ask. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, you have given me wisdom and power. You have, made, you have given me wisdom and power from your wisdom and power to make known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So Daniel praises God because he, he, he did save his neck and his buddies. And the four of them like, hey, and he even tells his three Hebrew buddies like, okay, we need to pray because our lives are on the line. We really need for God to show us that guy's dream and to give us interpretation. So he gets it and he talks about how great God is. God is wisdom. God is power. And out of his wisdom and his power, he gives people wisdom and he gives them power. God is wise. God is powerful. And he's infinitely so. What did we talk about? What infinite means? Limitless. It has, it has no measurement. It, it's, you can say he's all, but it's like even, even that kind of like doesn't fit. He is infinite in his wisdom, and he's infinite in his power. Tozer said this in the Holy Scripture, and this is what I was referencing earlier, wisdom when used of God and good men always carries a strong moral connotation. 
It is conceived as being pure, loving, and good. When you talked about, Debbie, about what wisdom does, wisdom has the idea that this, what comes out of wisdom is good. It's just not knowledge. Knowledge can be information, but wisdom is knowing where is the goodness in this. What does God want to do in this? And what God wants to do is always good. It always has a good intent. And so it carries that strong moral connotation. Um, I won't tell you to get all the credit that, that I've, you know, referred back to him in this category. But this is what he says in another place. Tozer is such a great read. And all this comes out of the book, Knowledge of the Holy. Wisdom, among other things, is the ability, listen to this, is the ability to devise perfect ends and to achieve those ends by the most perfect means. It's kind of like what you were saying. Wisdom devises the, what the end you want and it turns around and says, and this is how we get there in a perfect way. This is, of course, God's wisdom. It sees the end from the beginning, so there can be no need to guess or conjecture. Wisdom sees everything in focus. There's nothing blurry about the wisdom of God. It's always in clear focus. Each in proper relation to all and is thus able to work toward predestined goals with flawless precision. And he can only be talking about God there. Our wisdom, you know, it's, it's very limited. You know, I, I don't even know what I made on the act test. I can't remember because it wasn't impressive. I think it might have been 18, somewhere along there. It got me in college. That's all I was concerned about. I didn't want to take it again. But all these people that have perfect act score, that's really good. That's impressive. But even their wisdom is limited. A nuclear physicist, smart guy. Some people border on being a genius, right? But there's a limit to their wisdom. I had breakfast Monday morning with Bill Taylor because Bill likes for people to take him out for breakfast, and I'm one of the people he likes <laughs> to call. <laughs> so uh, we met at City Cafe, and, and Bill was said, hey, I was on television. Did you see me? I said, no, I didn't get to see you. Yeah, I was on television. Now, the, the thing, if you, if you know Bill, you know who I'm talking about, Bill Taylor? If you know anything about Bill Taylor, if you tell him his name, if you, if you walk up to him at Home Depot and you say, hey, Bill Taylor, I've seen you on television. My name is, and you just tell him his name. It can be five months after you tell him his name, and he knows your name. He, he calls everybody's name. He does not forget a name. He's like a genius when it comes to memory. And I had a little fun with him because some fireman was there, and one of the firemen said, hey, Bill, as he was leaving. Everybody knows Bill. It's like amazing. And uh, Bill said, hey, and when I walked over, I said, uh, you know him too? He said, yeah. What's his name? Oh, I can't remember. I said, oh, <laughs> no. You, 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 couldn't, you couldn't remember his name? I said, I cannot believe what I'm just witnessing. And he was like, oh, just <laughs> let me try to recall it. He was, like, he was like, oh, no, I can't make this mistake here. But he's like a, I don't know why his memory is so sharp. He will not forget your name. But God's wisdom is without limit. There's no limit to God's wisdom. 
The Lord gives us wisdom. The Lord gives us his wisdom. He even said, I want to give you my wisdom, so ask me. Just ask me. I need to know this better, Lord. I need to know how to handle this better. I need to see things better. When you're at a place where you cannot figure it out, and you say, Lord, he wants you to turn to him. He wants to reveal his wisdom. And he said, I will give you wisdom without limit in what your need is. Upbraideth not. Pretty good word there in the King James. But you have to ask in faith. You have to believe. I don't know how many times our prayer is in faith or sheer desperation. And it may be a lot more desperation than faith. But get, get this. All you need is a mustard seed element of faith in your desperation. And it goes to say, those who call upon the Lord do so out of some semblance that he can help you. Or we won't call on him. We won't turn to him. We won't say... Help me. Help us. Help us decide how we get through this. How are we going to make it? We don't have the answers. And those are the kind of prayers that he loves for us to bring because what we're telling him is that, hey, we we can't do it. We have to lean on you. He gives us his wisdom, and he never, never lets us stay hanging, does he? He's always going to come to our aid. Let me ask you this. What is the greatest obstacle for you to have more of the wisdom of God? Or what is the greatest obstacle? Let me just take it off personally, okay? (laughs) What do you think across the board is man's greatest, a believer's greatest obstacle to having the wisdom of God? That's pretty much what I wrote down. The self-assurance that we can figure it out, that we can get this, we can solve this, and we're going to do it. We're going we're to press ahead. We're going we're gonna to figure it out somehow. You know, ladies sometimes say that men will not stop and ask for directions. They just... <coughs> They just won't do it. I think it's... uh, But I want to tell you something. That's really an unfair accusation because that's gender bashing, and I'm offended by that. (laughs) Not really. Because Brenda knows that I'll stop on the side of the road and ask somebody, I don't know where I'm at. I'll flag somebody down. I remember we were in, where were we? Panama, wasn't it, Brenda? It was in a mission strip in Panama. It was when we was in Jackson. And we was in two vans. And we got, we got separated from the van in front of us and was going to some pizza place. And the person speaking Spanish was on the first van. <laughs> they should have never done that. You know, so we got separated and I'd, I'm, I know a little bit of Spanish. 
And we stopped. As you stopped, there's a guy on the side of the road. Stop. And I rode down my window. And I figured out what to say. Donde esta la pizzeria? <laughs> and the guy had this big smile on his face. And he says, so you want to know where the pizza place is? <laughs> yeah, how was my Spanish? <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm not like that. I, I do not like driving around. When I first figure out, now we got Google, and I tell you what, there's some people that have lied on those map apps because we ended up in a residential area on the way to Kingwood Assembly of God. It says, it's right there, and it says, that's a house in the middle of a subdivision. That's not Kingwood. So we just had to, they lied to us. That app lied, lied to us. But I, I, I don't think it's altogether a gender thing with men. I think it's, it's according to our pride to whether we're going to ask. I don't know how to handle this. I don't, who can I talk to? Who can I call? Who can, and call out to God. But it, it, it's this point of, are we willing to repudiate? Tozer said we have to repudiate our wisdom in order to ask for the wisdom of God. We almost have to come to a point that says, I can't trust my instincts. I can't trust my, what information I have right now. I need God to give me more than what I have. I, I can't put this decision all on what I know right now because we, some of us just have this feeling like there's something wrong here. Have you ever felt that way? It's like there's something not right about this. I don't want to make this decision. I need to back off. I need to wait. And I need to say, God, you got to give me some clarity here. you got to speak to me. And Tozer mentions this, that we need to, when we're in the dark, we need to trust him. When things are obscured to us, we need to trust the Lord. And he says this. Well, let me, let me take you to Job 38. This is, this is a place I want to take us before I get to those closing words. This is near the end of Job. What an entertaining book. I'm, you know, so can you really call it that? I says, yeah, it's, it is entertaining. Um, I, if, you, if you got your app or your Bible, just track this with me because a lot of people, I say a lot of people, Job and his three friends have discussed this thing to the nth degree on why he's sick, why he's lost everything, and why he has such a bad attitude <laughs> about everything. And they hammer him. And he hammers them. And then he turns around and he hammers himself. And he gives these moments where he's just like, I wish God would have not let me live when I was born. So they, they discuss while this is going on. God He's all he's aware and he gave permission to it. They don't have a clue of what's behind the scenes, do they? They don't have an, any idea that, that this is a thing that God allowed to happen because Job was his example of consistency. Even Job had no idea that God was putting great confidence in him. Saying he can handle it. You can go after him. You can take everything you can from him. 
but you're not going to take his life. I'm going to put a limit on what, telling the devil what you can do to him, but he will not cave in. God knew that. Job probably would have said, if I could have just got that memo that you trusted me that much, I could have handled this a lot better. But at the end, after everybody had exhausted, Elihu, I think, is the last one, and he just dominates a couple chapters before what I'm going to read. Finally, God interrupts the little small group that's going on. And he has something to talk to Job, and this is in verse 38. Follow this with me. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm and said, Who is this that darkens my counsel? And watch how many times God is talking about his wisdom and his knowledge and how they challenge that. Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. He tells Job a couple of times. You know, when God tells you to brace yourself like a man, something's coming. I will question you and you will answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, if you understand, who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched out a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy... Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garments and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, and when I said, this far you may come and no further, here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shape the wicked out of it? The earth takes shapes like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light? And where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the path to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hell, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed? Are the places where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm to water a land where no man lives, a desert with no one in it, to satisfy a desolate wasteland and make it sprout with grass? Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth? birth to the frost from the heavens when the waters become hard as stone when the surface of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the beautiful Pleiades? Can you loose the cords of Orion? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? 
Do you think he's questioning his wisdom? I think so. Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Now watch what we're about to get to. I hope you haven't kind of lost focus because I'm reading a lot. Huh? You're with me? Okay. Stick with me. It's about to get interesting. Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you? Here we are. Who endowed the heart with wisdom? Who endowed the heart with wisdom? Or gave understanding to the mind? Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? when the dust becomes hard and the clods of earth stick together. I'm going to stop there because it's really, I'm, I'm not going to read the rest of that, chapter 39 on through, but it's, it's like God shifts gears. He's asking about the universe, the clouds, the lightning, the ice, the frost. Who does all that? Who figured that out? Where did that all come from? And then he gives him these questions about animal life. I mean, all of chapter 39 is like, every, and most of the animals, he, are wild animals. He even asked him, I think first was, Have you, uh, do you know how the lioness hunt? Do you know how the lions do? Do you know, how do, you, how do all these animals live? Where, where were you when the goats were giving birth up in the mountains? Do you figure it out? You've seen that? And he, and he takes him through all this nature, asking him, do you, have you figured that out? Do you know all about that? And he kind of breaks just for a little bit in, in chapter 40. And Job answers the Lord. This is, this is very, I, I love this. I, is it okay I share this with you? Gives Job a little break. This is Job's first response after this like barrage of questions. Do you know that? Surely you know that. It's kind of like, is it possible for there to be, like, divine sarcasm? <laughs> Surely you know that. You guys have been discussing this for ages. You know, I've been listening to you. Surely you know this. <laughs> and this is Job's first opportunity to respond. It's priceless. I am unworthy. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, you've beat me down, Okay. <laughs> I love it. I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? Good question. <laughs> I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to ask anything. I'm not going to say anything. And so the Lord goes right back. Goes right back. Does not cut him any slack. And from verse 4 all the way through the rest of the chapter, and chapter 41... He's laying it on him again, asking him one question after another. And then he gives Job a chance to respond in chapter 42. Oh, I love this. Watch this. I know that you can do all things. Good answer, Job. That's a good way to start. I mean, he has been wiped out. God is like, smart guy, you got it, you know. And he goes on and says, no plan of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? This is, this is a good thing that 
Job realizes he, he's got spaces in his intellect that's blank. He, don't, he doesn't know. And he even says it more clearly here in a little bit. Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. He says, I, I, I get it. I, I said things that I had no business what I said. You're right. I thought I knew it, but I didn't know anything. Didn't know what I was talking about. And there's something here I don't want you to miss. Because it's, I think God wants us to learn from Job. Do you think God wants us to learn from Job? I think that's why the whole book is put in here. He says, you said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, this is the last thing Job says. Remember Tozer said you have to repudiate your own wisdom in order to get God's wisdom. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. You're right. I didn't know what I was talking about. I should have trusted you. In the obscurity of me not understanding what was going on, I jumped the gun. Boy, isn't he kind of like a, doesn't that make you feel better about yourself? I don't know. I read this. I was like, yeah. How many times have we jumped the gun? How many times have we seen something, been involved in something, and we, we jump at the first possible place to respond? And most of the time when we get down the road, we say, I really should have waited because I didn't have all the information. There's so many people on social media that responds to something, and they don't have all the information. And you just need to take a deep breath and wait before you hit post or send. He says, do I have all the information? This is what, this is how Tozier finishes up his, his discussion of the wisdom of God. He speaks of God creating the heavens and the earth when darkness enveloped the deep. He speaks of the conception of the incarnate Son of God who descended into the darkness of Mary's womb. Total darkness. He died on a cross when darkness veiled the event. Place was like nighttime. The heavens turned black. And even the resurrection was not witness. For it was early in the morning when they got there, he was already raised. And it kind of lets you know that when there's darkness in front of us, God may be saying to us, trust me. When you can't see it, clearly, when you want to see it clearly, when you want to have full sight. And this is where I think we need to caution ourselves because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. If you can see it, that's not believing. And sometimes what we see is maybe distorted. And I love this closing paragraph, and I'll close with this. Talk about Debbie, the wisdom and how God 
uses wisdom to get us to a desirable place. <clears throat> this is the last paragraph in the section that Tozier wrote. With the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? Do you believe God has a good plan for you with your best interest in mind? You know, I, I think it's one of the things that I, I just loved about the, when we studied the goodness of God. God is good. He is only good. He only wants good for you. When bad comes our way, it's either like a trial by Job or it's sometimes self-inflicted because we jumped the gun. We made a decision we should have waited. We, we didn't have all the information or maybe, you know, our eyes got a little focused on the wrong thing. You know, I, I, there's one car I wish to goodness somebody had slapped the daylights out of me before I bought it. And I've told Brenda recently, I said, I'll tell you what, we like got three months left or have just a handful of payments on that Nissan. And I said, if you ever hear me say anything about a new car, you have my permission to rear back and slap me as hard as you can because I'm not thinking right. I bought an Aurora that was cursed. Somebody had put a curse on that car. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. That car, the blinkers would start blinking and the horn would start honking and it's like, ugh, sitting in the parking lot. I was like, man, I wasn't listening to God when I, when I did that. So even when bad things happen, sometimes it's, it's self-inflicted. But I do believe that God has our best interest in mind. And he only, his plan is a good plan for you. His plan is a great plan for you. God did not plan bad for you. He planned for you to know him and to have this wonderful experience of walking in fellowship with him. But that's his wisdom. He, his goodness, you know, is toward our best interest. And then his wisdom plans out our lives. I believe that. And then his power causes it to fall into place. This is, I didn't give you the last statement. All I said, what do we lack? Tozier said, surely we are the most favored of all creatures. Surely we are the most favored of all of God's creation. You know, I'm, I see so much hurt in people and I visited a friend of mine this morning that's hurting. Just a good friend of mine. He's not, he attends a different church, but um, just spent some time with him and prayed with him and encouraged him. And That didn't cost me anything. It doesn't cost us anything to bless someone. To take time to just affirm somebody, to, to you know, just let me ask you this. Do you intentionally compliment someone or try to encourage someone? Or it might be like your personality. But I think we ought to look for places to where we can encourage someone. We can speak 
a word of encouragement to people, especially our own families, because sometimes we're harder on our own when we need to be a little bit encouraging too and speak some words, you know. I think if you tracked how many times have I complimented my wife or my children or people that I work around, it doesn't cost us anything. But it could add to someone feeling like their day is going to turn out good because somebody took the time to affirm them. Would you stand with me? He gives wisdom to the wise, Daniel says. I think, I think Daniel knew he was a smart guy. But I don't think it went to his head. Because he, he had a serious prayer meeting before he went to bed that night. Okay, we're about to be toast here. You got to come through. And boy, did he praise the Lord. You did come through, Father. And I just believe he couldn't wait. Wait until we see the king. This is your dream. <laughs> and this is what it means. Yay, yay, aren't we something? No, he says, my God. And, and something I, I just... You know, this king, he was a pagan king, but when they snookered him into putting Daniel's life in jeopardy, he did go out there, Daniel, did your God take care of you? Because he remembered Daniel's dream, the dream and the interpretation.